0: See, I think people fall into one of three categories. We experience adversity and you either give up, you either push right through, or then there's the third group. And I think this is the most common. We experience adversity and we pause. We complain about it. We feel sorry for ourselves. And then eventually we push through. Well, my thought is if you're eventually going to push through either way, why not do it now?
1: This is Outside Sales Talk, the best podcast for outside salespeople. I'm your host, Steve Benson, and we're here to chat with the world's top sales experts so that you can get their best sales tactics to level up your game. Welcome back to Outside Sales Talk. Today, I have Paul Riley with us, and we're going to be discussing one of my favorite topics, selling through tough times. very, uh, very relevant for this podcast. these last couple of years we've been having really uh welcome to the show paul hey thanks for having me it's great to be here absolutely uh great to have you back Uh, you've been here before right um yeah great to uh we we always like to bring the 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 best thinkers back more than once why (laughs) why why stop it why 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 have one beer when you can have two, right? I mean, exactly, <laughs> or
0: three or four. You know, why stop there? I get it, <laughs> <See>? <laughs> especially in tough
1: times. We right? need it <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and and just to remind people, Paul is a is a top speaker, sales trainer, and, and he hosts a cool uh, sales podcast, the Sales Q and A or the the Q and A Sales Podcast. Um, and, and Paul also has a book that he authored. Selling Through Tough Times, Grow Your Profits, and Mental Resilience Through Any Downturn. Um, and certainly in, in his extensive sales career, uh, Paul has sold through many tough times and against tough competitions. So will really cool to get your take on, on what people can do to, to kind of get through the tough times. So I guess let's start there. What are tough times, Paul? Define what tough times are to you and, and from your perspective.
0: Yeah, it's a logical question to get started because tough times come in in several different forms. Um, You could be a new salesperson that is struggling to just gain that footing, right? That's a tough time. Your industry could be facing uh, regulatory hurdles, right? That's a tough time. We could be in a recession, which we are in as of the recording of this podcast, we're in a recession right now, that's a tough time as well. So tough times come in any and all shapes and forms. You could just be going through tough times in your life personally, and maybe not professionally, but naturally that's gonna impact, um, it's gonna impact how you sell, how you perform. So tough times come in, in all different forms. And I, I can't think of a group of professionals that are better prepared to handle tough times than salespeople. Think about it. Selling has never been easy. It it's always been challenging. And and that really helps build that level of resilience to help you thrive in tough times.
1: Yeah. You know, it's it, it's funny as I asked the question, I'm kinda like, I can't remember any easy times in my <laughs> in my <laughs> sales career. <laughs> like they they've all been tough, but for a lot of reasons, right? I mean yeah. Obviously, you know the coronavirus times are very tough for for our company. You know because we we sell the field salespeople, which you know a lot of field salespeople were furloughed or or their companies went out of business if that was the main sales motion. Um, that was a very it was a tough time to sell to that particular audience, and, and that's the audience of this uh, of this podcast. But obviously, you know things have popped back now. But those were you know, summer of 2020 was, was slow times around here. So that I, but I mean, at the, but like I said, like no time's been easy and throughout my sales career. <laughs> well,
0: isn't that what the the Navy SEALs motto is like the only easy day was yesterday or, or something along those lines. And, <laughs> Perhaps, well, I, I would say that the SEALs are probably better prepared to handle any tough time more so than salespeople, but um, I, I like
1: that saying, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> nonetheless. No one's ever shot at me when, on a sales call, although like, <laughs> if they would have had a gun, they might have. I, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I, You're not in sales until you've been kicked out of someone's office or threatened or whatever, right?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I usually uh, I usually frisk people before the meeting starts. I'm like, oh, this is just a precaution. Let me make sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. no, man. So tell me, how can salespeople recognize the signals that either they're personally in a tough time, or that the the world's in a tough time, or their industry is isn't a tough time? What are the signals they may they should be on the lookout for?
0: It. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th- there are several economic indicators right that we can that we can review. GDP is obviously the the indicator of whether we are in a recession or not, right? Two quarters of consecutive economic decline as it relates to GDP, then we're in a recession. So following GDP is a is a good economic indicator. The one I I think is probably most relevant to field salespeople is the purchasing managers index, PMI, and any number that is above 50 That shows that we're that we're growing. It's a basically an index where they pull purchasing managers to determine how they're buying, their growth, all that. And so any number above fifty, that that's an indicator that okay we are growing. All right. When that number dips below fifty, that means there's a slowdown um, on the horizon. Okay. And it's not one hundred percent accurate, right? It's not like if the PMI index falls we're going to have a recession. That's not the case, but it is an indicator that you should be aware of. Um, You know, housing starts, um, interest rates, which, interestingly enough, um, (laughs) when the interest rate goes down, that typically means the Federal uh, Reserve is trying to stimulate the economy a little bit, and we're doing the opposite right now, just to try to stem the inflation a little But There's all these indicators that are out there, but you know the other ones that aren't necessarily scientific can still be a great indicator. Talk to your FedEx delivery guy, UPS delivery guy. Hey, are you delivering more or less packages than you were last month? Are you still staying busy? Talk to your customers, right? Your customers, if they tell you, "Wow, business is just unbelievable. I, I can't believe it. You know, we're we're out of control. We're growing like crazy." Um, And then you talk to three or four more customers in the same industry and they're saying, yeah, we've noticed a slowdown. You want to be aware of that as well. So it's not just getting your news off of wall street, but to main street as well. Talk to your customers, see what they talk Talk to your colleagues as well. But most importantly, we got to remember, even if there is a recession, even if there is a slowdown, you get to choose whether you participate in it or not. Um, Oftentimes, you know, we hear that news, Hey, we're in recession and salespeople quickly have that deep sigh, that unsettling feeling that they're going to struggle. And that's not always the case, right? You, you will have opportunities as as a result of the struggles that you do experience, but there, there are definitely several indicators that you can follow.
1: Yeah. And so many of them are like more specific to your industry or even your, your company or even your territory. I mean, you know, like, Certain, certain industries are very sensitive to the economy and other industries are much less so. If you sell prescription drugs and you work for a drug company, you know, that depending on what drug you're selling, it areas in your bag, it's, uh, it'll massively determine what, you know, whether, whether a slowdown in the economy will, will lead to less or more sales or, or not change anything at all, right? I mean, right. people get, you know, prostate cancer at the same rate you know, before and after, you know, whether there's a recession, right. It's a lot right. of things aren't just, aren't affected by it. And in other things, you know, it's, it's really company by company. I mean, that a lot, like we're actually interesting. I I've kind of, I've seen this a little bit before with, with smaller slowdowns, but like, I I've figured out that our company is really counter cyclical um, in that. And I was just explaining this to the, to the employees, because like uh, we had like an all hands and and one of the, there was, a, we have like a question and answer period, right? And one of the questions was, hey, how's, how's this economic slowdown going to going to affect this? And I was like, you know, it, it turns out, it looks like from the data that we're counter-cyclical. And it's it, it actually kind of makes sense. People buy our product more when they're concerned about their businesses because, or if they, because we're an efficiency software basically, right? So they, they're like, oh, well, we should try to make our field sales team a little better right now, or work a little more efficiently because, we lost some people. It's like for a bad job market, like from a the hiring manager's perspective. Bad, like hard to hire people makes people want our product more, or a slow economy makes people want our product more. It's like things that are, it, whereas we just got slaughtered during during COVID times because people weren't in the field, right? So it's it really, I guess, point is it's so so individually based, right? It's like for, for sure. this for this uh, company or this, and even down to the territory or the reps, right? Like I had I had amazing times as a rep. And the next month was having a terrible time and it's really on an individual level i feel like it's almost more about your what does your pipeline look like and what how is your territory set where were the borders what what areas did you get this year and like where what? and and, and what was the quota right like where was the quota right. set all that impacts you as an individual salesperson almost in a lot of cases more than the economy i think mm-hmm.
0: absolutely it it can it it can even go yeah sale seller by seller territory by territory Region by region, it happens. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, um, how how do these tough times impact people's thoughts and actions? How are buyers influenced by tough times? How are sellers influenced? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. Um,
0: and and this is actually pretty interesting. You know, relative to your business as well. I'll, I'll talk about salespeople first. Um, during a tough time, we face uncertainty. Right, And and our customers face uncertainty as well. And oftentimes what will happen is sellers will adopt what I call a wait and see approach. They're going to sit around, wait for things to happen, wait for things to improve or get better. And at that point, then they'll take action, then they'll decide that, okay, I'll, I'll move forward once we get out of this recession or once we make it through this tough time. So there's almost like a collective pause that will happen. In fact, when we, when I talk to salespeople, one of the things I've noticed and I've talked to other sales leaders managing tough times with uh, their salespeople during tough times, salespeople will actually reduce their face-to-face selling activity. They reduce the amount of calls they make, they reduce their correspondence and they're doing all of this because they're assuming that the customer doesn't want to hear from them because maybe the customer isn't going to buy. But that's not what what sellers should focus on. Instead, what we need to focus on is actually increasing our activity because during tough times, customers need reassurance. Customers want to have a better understanding of how your solution can help them navigate through these tough times. And from a buyer's perspective, buyers are also facing uncertainty and fear. So one thing that's common is, customers will look to conserve cash. They're going to look for ways to improve cash flow, reduce what they're spending. They they will streamline their buying priorities to focus more on the things they have to have versus the things that they want to have. Uh, so we should be aware of that, especially the cost-cutting measures that companies will take, because most of the solutions that salespeople offer, at least the ones I train, in some way, they're able to help reduce overall costs, whether it be labor cost, improved efficiency, fewer rejects, whatever it may be. If you sell a solution that can that can broadly impact cost, and, and when I say broadly impact, I mean reduce it, you have an opportunity. You you will have an opportunity in in a more
1: open buyer also at that time. Yeah, I think. Well, I think most software is basically a giant spreadsheet with a GUI over it that makes you a little more efficient. (laughs) Probably that probably covers 80% of it or something. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: And there's actually there's a great article in the Harvard Business Review. Um, They talked about how for software company, I'll totally I'll try to find the article so I can email it to you. But in this article, they claim that during tough times during recession or downturn companies actually look to enhance their software or implement new software because they typically have more time on their hand at that moment they have uh, more ability to train their employees on it and it's something they were you know obviously already maybe interested in before the recession but that uh that's an opportune time (laughs) to get out there and and present that solution
1: yeah. Well, especially if people care about efficiency and saving costs right now, uh, we mm-hmm. in a downturn and, and uh, you know, there, there are, there are, uh, you can overreact too. And I think, and, and salespeople not getting out in front of customers and selling is, is probably often an overreaction, but, uh, I was at Google in 2008 for that recession. Mm-hmm. And, um, Google pulled, and this is out of my pay grade, I didn't, these weren't my decisions, but we we pulled way back and and froze hiring and canned 700 or so um, recruiters that worked for Google, because they were all like, they were all not full-time employees, but they were, uh, you know, 1099, or, you know, they, they were kind of not not actual not actually on on the on the the company's employee employee list they were so they were able to like you know let just get get take them all off the off the cost list and they realized a year later they were like and they 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 were they were open about it they're like we realized we made, a, we made a huge mistake here we shouldn't have stopped hiring through these times and actually mm-hmm. the the recession hardly hurt us at all because nobody stops paying their paying for their Google ads because they were only paying for Google ads that were profitable anyway. So like really didn't, didn't really change our revenue much. And we, we instead of using that time to grab a bunch of great employees, we, you know, blew out our whole recruiting infrastructure and now we have to rebuild it from scratch. And that was, you know, they, we shouldn't have even stop hiring and certainly shouldn't have blown out that infrastructure. So it's, you know, people could, I think those overreactions, it's easy to look at the news and be like, oh, this is going to be huge for us. It's going to destroy us. But it's like, eh, You know three percent one way three percent the other way what's it actually going to do to your
0: business right absolutely it's it's about understanding that and not not getting too high when you're experiencing those peaks but also in those valleys not getting too low either that mindset and realize that you know you're you're doing something right you know good basic fundamental selling skills and and filling the pipeline, and, and communicating your message of value. A lot of the basics and fundamentals don't really change. You just have to tweak it a little bit during tough times. You don't throw out the whole playbook. You just add a few new plays to your existing playbook.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, what, where can tough times actually be a good thing for salespeople? How, how, how can we look at it through a positive lens? Yeah, that, that's a great question. You know, you think about
0: tough times that we experience, you know, the the world as we know it would not exist without tough times. Uh, The friends, the relationships that we have would not exist without tough times. A lot of the success that we experience as salespeople would not exist if it weren't for tough times. So tough times are good. Um, They're not pain-free. They hurt. (laughs) but they are good because that pain we experience will actually catalyze positive change in our life. Um, You know, for any salesperson listening to this, I'd ask them to think about, think about some of the, the success that they've experienced in their career and preceding that success. There's usually a deep Valley where they've struggled, where they've maybe lost a couple of big customers. They blew a presentation and all of those negative events that we experience provide great learning opportunities to improve and to get better. So, you know, tough times can lead to, to opportunity that may never have existed before. Um, in fact, if you look throughout history, um, gosh, the amount of businesses that were started during a recession, uh, Microsoft was, was built during a recession, uh, MailChimp, Burger King, Hewlett Packard, um, to name a few. Uh, Apple, I think also was, Born in the midst of a recession, so tough times can be good because tough times will reveal new opportunities. Tough times force salespeople to get more creative. Um, tough times will force salespeople to look for new avenues to bring in revenue. And once you find those new avenues, those new ways to bring in revenue, new ways to sell, you end up creating a stronger foundation that's only going to serve you better in the future. So tough times are opportunities. They they may not feel great but they lead to great results in the end.
1: Yeah, and for me, I mean, selling through recessions in the past, um like I met you know, am I might in the 2001 or 2008 recessions, like I think it's one way to one way it can be good is if you use the time to build pipeline and and kind of think about your your comp over the course of well, what are the next 2 years going to be, you know? So like I'm, I might be screwed this quarter and next quarter, but how can I make it so you know, three quarters from now, I'm doing great, and four quarters, and the year after that's great. So, For sure. yeah, I guess in that way, you can kind of, if you have a long enough viewpoint, it can balance out. You know, it's kind of like being an investor, you know, just kind of riding the down and then ride the back up, and nothing, you end up in the same place where you started. Mm-hmm. For sure. Uh, what about uh, what about how a salesperson um, defines the value their company creates, or defines their 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 ideal customer profile or, or, or or defines the, the, the value they create. Um, I think there's a lot of, a lot of companies kind of refine or change their message during a difficult time. What do you, what do you have on, on that? Or what advice do you have for someone who's in sales and maybe feels like their existing messaging needs a tweak? Yeah. Uh, you know, during. During tough
0: times, customers will define value in different ways, and they do so uh, because they define value within the context of what they're experiencing on a regular basis. So if they're facing a slowdown, if they're facing uncertainty, if they're fearful of this, all of this will influence their their definition of value. The emotion that they experience will influence it as well. So I, uh, I'll answer your question with another question that was posed to me in a training. Actually, one of the salespeople I was training, he raised his hand. He said, Paul, does does our customer really care that we've been around for 90 plus years? And he wasn't saying that to to challenge or to discredit their their longevity, but he was really curious. I said, you know what, right now, does matter and this was right in the middle of the pandemic we we're facing a lot of uncertainty and i said what happens is that customers who experience uncertainty and have all this fear they're looking for partners that have been through challenging times the fact that you've been around 90 plus years that your company has survived the great depression that tells me you are doing something right and your customers want that 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 90 year history is almost like a security blanket that they can wrap around and make them feel better because during uncertain times during tough times during a recession whatever it may be we don't know what it's going to look like on the other end of it but we do know if we surround ourselves with viable partners who have been through tough times in the past they're going to help us navigate this one with greater ease so longevity is important when you're defining value for your customer, they want to mitigate risk, however they can. They want surefire solutions that are going to work, that have been proven out, that that seems safe, like a safe decision to make. That's important. And They want flexibility too. Right? Flexibility is critical. Um, in fact, you know, I think about some some great ads, marketing ads over the years. The remember the Chevy Like a Rock campaign, those commercials,
1: mm-hmm. that
0: Bob Seger song like a rock i'm not going to sing it because i don't want to embarrass (laughs) myself
1: really hoping you were going to (laughs) (laughs) let me let me
0: warm up the vocal cords right Oh, but yeah that would uh you talk about getting a one-star review that that would be my singing (laughs) but man what happens though that that campaign which everyone is now singing the lyrics in their head like a rock you know That campaign kicked off in the middle of the recession in the early 1990s. I think it was like 1991 or so. There's a recession. And and I have to believe that Chevy was thinking, okay, during recessions or tough times, people want something that's dependable, that's going to last. And so they emphasized that and that, that campaign, that like a rock campaign was one of their most popular ads.
1: I did not realize that that's, that's really cool. I I think, I think a lot of times there's messaging opportunities in in a recession, you know, like you, mm-hmm. and, and, and we played with this as well. Like you, you can think about changing your messaging from like a lot of times people's messaging is some form of, we'll help you do better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, and this works great and better is a great message in a, in a good economy, but. Uh, I think in a down economy, you can want to. Che- it can be helpful to make your messaging something more like, you know, we'll help you do more with less, mm-hmm. and and that's and we we like whiteboarded this whole thing and I, I guess it's a couple months ago now, but um, and the, and the goal being like we just put like a ROI calculator on our website as a part of this, but like the goal is like to to ch- to show your customers in terms of dollars how you'll help them do more with less right and and show them that in the in the sales process to be like you know well, it could be more money we're going to we're going to we're going to make you more money we could we could we it could be that you're going to have to spend less money to do something it could be less manpower it could be less resources and we're going to help you get more with less and uh you know so we're, our our messaging was like it's like, we'll help you sell 20% more with your field sales team is kind of our historic messaging. And then um, now it's more like uh, with Badger Maps, your outside sales team can generate the same revenue, even though your team is 20% smaller. And and there's, we've played with a bunch of messages like that, um, trying to kind of ex- express that, you know, and it's really in the end, it's it's the same thing, right? Like, we're just helping you do better. We're helping you do a little more with less, like it's an efficiency play. But I think tweaking your message can really resonate with people in a down economy.
0: Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of emotion involved. And if you can find the right words that capture their emotion, um, you're, you're going to get more meetings. You're going to close more deals.
1: Well, and, um, I've I've seen in kind of the speeches that you give and and obviously your books cover the stuff. Mindset stuff. So what what kind of mindset do salespeople need to thrive? Or what what tweaks or changes could they make to their mindset? Or what would you suggest to someone who, who thinks they may need a a shift of a, a shift in their perspective to really thrive during a downtime? For sure. They're um, you know, in,
0: in selling through tough times, we get into several techniques we call um uh positive mental programming, right? And and you know, our brains are like a computer, right? And we could view it in that way, you know, writing code. I wish I,
1: I wish my brain was like a computer. I can't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that no, all
0: it is you got too much going on in there, right? You you you've reached the capacity, right? Of, disk space available, maybe. Uh,
1: I I, I may be out of RAM. I may be out of uh, disk space. It's it's unclear. Maybe I I have shortages of both.
0: (laughs) I love it. It, it, But how we, you know, if you want to predict the future, listen to your thoughts. Listen to how you talk to yourself, the conversation between your two ears. And that's an indicator of of our mental strength. So what's critical in and selling through tough times is having the right mindset. And so in the book, we give you all these tips and ideas on how to how to positively mentally program yourself. Um, a couple of the techniques we talk about is, number one is it's important that we develop a positive first response to adversity. Um, and, and when you think about this, we, we experience setbacks every single day. It could be little annoying things that, um, you know that that bothers it could be you know for example today in my office the roof started to leak never seen it here before leak and i'm like what is this right an adverse event so i think about my first response my first response to that was okay i just need to figure out a way to fix it right sometimes we experience adverse events and we quickly give up see i think people fall into one of three categories we experience adversity and you either give up you either push right through Or then there's the third group. And I think this is the most common. We experience adversity and we pause. We complain about it. We feel sorry for ourselves. And then eventually we push through. Well, my thought is if you're eventually going to push through either way, why not do it now? Why not sit there and find a way to push through? So by tracking your first response to adversity, you can actually positively mentally program yourself to, to push through that adversity um so that's one of the tips we talk about and to get to that point again literally all you need to do track your first response to any negative event throughout the day whether it's your roof is leaking the customer doesn't call you back you face an issue um you know your largest customer goes to your competitor how do you respond immediately to that and just by tracking it there's going to be some self-correction that's that's important to do um expressing gratitude is is also critical uh you know there's been plenty of research that Talk about the benefits of, of gratitude and how it can lower stress levels, so it can improve your, your, the health of your heart, how it can help you feel more joyful. Obviously, uh, there was one study that showed uh, fundraisers, right? People just calling up from universities to raise money. When they were thanked by their managers, they would actually make more calls. People that were thanked for their effort expressing gratitude made 50% more calls than those who did not. So expressing gratitude is, is critical. Um, and, and we have several other examples, but there is one tool that, that I think can, can really summarize it. And I, and I call it the daily mental flex, okay? It's a collection of six exercises, mental exercises that you do daily to help you build that strong, resilient foundation. And those six exercises, the daily mental flex, it's all available at my website, toughtimer.com. If you go to the website for the book, you can download the the template for free. And there you go. You've got everything you need to get started with it. Um, But yeah, just a couple thoughts there on
1: mental strength. And tracking your first response, I thought that was really interesting. What do you do if you find that, what are the different things that you would track like what are the different things you would expect someone to find like a positive first response or a negative one and then what what would you do to, to 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 shift yourself from the negative to the positive
0: yeah so it
1: requires some positive reframing um
0: positive reframing is about looking at a negative situation and looking for the positive outcome that will is generated as a result of that negative event okay uh, but let's say for example you're a salesperson and you lose a sale right a sale you were expecting to get and it just doesn't happen all right so how do we spin this into a positive reframing scenario well what we need to do is go back and, and just do a post-mortem okay what killed the sale what did I miss? How can I improve and get better? And although you lost that sale, maybe you maybe you learned something that's going to help you in your next presentation. That would be an example of positive reframing. So it's looking at the adverse events and then challenging yourself to find that positive outcome. All right. And then taking action on that, on, on your insight or idea is, is critical as well. So every time we face those adverse moments. Whatever, whether it's major, whether it's minor, we got to remember that sitting around and pouting about it and feeling sorry isn't going to do us any good, right? When's the last time you actually felt better after you wallowed in self-pity and felt sorry for yourself? Probably never,
1: right? Well, I, so I, I, I... usually feel pretty good when I lose the sale and throw my chair against the wall, but then I feel bad <laughs> when I kick my desk and break my toe. So that that
0: <laughs> you know what. It does happen. Let's, let's face it. Sometimes that immediate action of just, you know, breaking a golf club in half or whatever it is, sometimes it just feels good to release that energy, right?
1: (laughs) It's the Mac and Rowan, all of us, right? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. I love it. (laughs) So, uh, and, and so, so once you started, started building mental strength and, and listening to how you talk to yourself, programming yourself positively, tracking your responses, how can you, I guess, build and maintain on that mental strength and that new, those new good habits uh, during extended difficult times? I mean, you know, depending on the industry you're in, you've been in a difficult time for two and a half years, right? Right,
0: yeah. So
1: there, there's a, a methodology in the book. It's
0: actually also used more as a persuasion tool when you're presenting to customers that are facing tough times. Um, we've got to remember the realities of tough times. Okay. A tough time or a recession, you know, let's call it that there's a decline in business activity, which means it's naturally going to impact you. We have to look at the facts. All right. It, it actually does us harm when we look in the mirror and say, I'm going to own this failure. Right. When we ask the question, who do you blame for your failures and your success? Most of the time people say, well, I blame myself. Well, blaming yourself, doesn't really paint a full picture of what's going on we've got to acknowledge some of the influencing factors and and in the book we call this looking at the facts let's look at the facts in fact there was gosh I was coaching this sales team and one of the salespeople, she was really uh, frustrated I mean she she was on the verge of just getting out of sales or looking for a new job completely and we talked and and I said okay well what's what's going on right now? Why, why are you thinking about leaving or finding another profession that, and she just said it, you know, things are just not getting better. I said, okay, well, you realize we're in the middle of a once in a lifetime pandemic and the economy shut down at one point. It's like, yeah, but it's just not getting better. I said, okay, let's do this. Let's take the emotion out of this decision for a moment. And what I want you to do is I want you to pretend that you're a lawyer. Right. And that didn't make her feel any better, by the way, right away when I said that. As I, it should not. She, yeah. <laughs> She's, She's sorry, like, well, well,
1: now things are definitely worse. Yeah. How, how could it get
0: any worse? Oh, now I feel better because I'm not really one. Right. No, I I, I I love lawyers, especially mine. But you know, think about this. I said, pretend you're a lawyer and I want you to argue the case that you are a great salesperson. I'm gonna be the judge and the jury. Let's look at your career before this pandemic. What facts do you have that will prove that you're a great salesperson? And we started talking through this and she shared countless examples of how she's helped her customers, deals that she's won, awards that she received for being the top salesperson. And and she was going through all these examples. I said, okay, let's just look at the facts. You are not only a good salesperson, you are a great salesperson. You're an award-winning salesperson. You're just an award-winning salesperson that is facing a tough time. This tough time is going to pass us. It's not going to stay here forever. You're just at those crucial moments where you need to maintain that positive attitude and dig deep. And she felt better, admittedly, after that interaction because we just looked at the facts. And, and that's what salespeople need to do is, is say, okay, I'm not going to accept the fact that we're in a recession. I'm going to acknowledge that we're in a recession, but I'm going to keep doing what I need to do. And, and that's what salespeople need to do.
1: And, and how do you know when, when the best call is actually to make a change? That you're, you know, when when you're just riding a bad horse, or you're, you know, the it's, it does appear the competitor's product is, is superior, and you, they're they're kicking your butt out there, regardless of how you do how you do. Or or maybe you know, maybe you're selling mortgages, uh, and, and right now, and, and there's fewer and fewer going out. How do you know when you should actually? How, how do you? Is it also zooming back and looking at the facts? What What advice could you give to someone who, who's like, yeah, what you're saying makes sense, but man, I feel screwed right now. How, what What's a touchstone you can give them? Yeah. yeah, it's a great question, and gosh, I,
0: I almost wonder if I'm in a position to answer that for for salespeople because I'm a, I'm a small business owner, right? So I. When I don't like what I'm doing, I simply look in the mirror and say, Hey, idiot, do something better, find a better way, come up with a new message, um, create something new, create something compelling that's going to help people. If you're not, I, what I would say, and this is just me speaking as a business owner, not necessarily as a salesperson. If what you're doing right now is not consistent with the vision you have for your life and you don't believe that it's going to help you get there, then do something else. I wouldn't use money as a benchmark. I wouldn't use the size deals you're closing as a benchmark. But if, if what you're doing right now is not consistent with the, the vision you have for your life, then find something new. You know, I, I don't know any better way to say it, really.
1: Yeah, great advice. And I've heard you uh, speak about the seven characteristics of tough timers before. Mm-hmm. Could you, Could you walk us through what's important to learn there? yeah absolutely. so when um when
0: we looked at who we can emulate right during tough times, it's important to have mental role models, you know the mentally toughest people you know you you look to them and you ask how would they respond? what would they do? um in the forty year history of our company, training salespeople, working with top achievers we're we're able to create a profile right based on these seven characteristics and and the seven characteristics are pretty straightforward. Tough timers are resilient, they're visionary, they're pragmatic optimists, which means they're not you know the sunshine and unicorn type of positivity. They're practical about it, but they are optimistic. They're also opportunistic, which that word sometimes gets a bad rep, right? Opportunistic people think it's a negative thing and I, I think it's very positive, especially for top achievers and tough timers. Uh, tough timers are adventurous they're steadfast and they're humble. So those those are the characteristics and, and really to focus on just a couple because we could spend half a day <laughs> going through each of them. Um, steadfast is, is critical. Um, and when we say steadfast, tough timers, they are the plow horses in the sales arena. All right. Um, which means they're willing to push through and continue to work towards a common goal, even if they can't see the progress. And that's where it becomes important. That's where commitment really matters when you know you're doing all the right things and you're just not seeing the results. That's when you being steadfast is critical. And so I would encourage sellers to to take that approach, to have that steadfast mentality. They also, they've they got to be resilient. Um, I mean, how do you bounce back from a setback? That's important to know. Um you know, I think about resilience and sales. I can't help but think about my my dad, who I dedicated the book to. Actually, he's my mental role model uh, because he's gone through a lot of tough moments in his life that have really helped build a, a strong, resilient foundation. And I remember when he started our company back in um, back in the eighties. He had just finished graduate school. He wanted to be a clinical psychologist, and then got into sales instead. Um, had a great sales career and basically started to teach others how to sell. And he was working on a project. He went back to one of his psychology professors and he was explaining his new business, what he was gonna do, he was gonna train salespeople. And the professor said to him, I don't know how anyone could ever get into sales. How on earth do you deal with all of that rejection? And my dad just kind of looked at him and said, you know what, I never even thought about it. I always assumed, (laughs) Every no that I heard just mean I was that much closer to hearing a yes. That's resilience, right? Where you don't even bat an eye, where you just continue to push through. We need to embrace that mindset. And that's part of what the daily mental flex is. like. Resilience is, is really a challenging uh, attribute or or skill set to build because it requires adversity to build it. Um, it, it's similar to what Bob Marley said, you know, you never know how strong you are until being strong is your only option. And in that same way, as people face tough times, they're going to reveal a new strength that they never knew they even had a, a depth of strength. That's going to carry them through because it can only be called upon when you're going through tough moments in your life. And th- that's why tough times are good. That's why there are opportunities for us to grow. You just got to keep going through them and and that's going to help build that resilient foundation so but yeah i just wanted to highlight a couple of those oh
1: yeah that, that, that's uh it's it's important to think about and i think you know to some back to the thought that all times in sales are tough times basically yeah. you know they, these are the same characteristics that make a successful salesperson in good times as well because it's always it's always tough right it but is. you know so if if things see feel extra tough it's like well I can be, you know, I still have a, I can still be steadfast. I still have my resilience. Like I can still I can still take a no punch in the gut and and keep walking, you know, it's and that's that's important. So mm-hmm. the good news is as a salesperson, you're better set up for a tough time than than certainly that uh that professor who who was like, how could you ever hear no and not just <laughs> cry into your cereal? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so well, uh, next section, quick quest, quick questions, quick answers. I call yep. it sales in 60 seconds. Okay. Um, what's the biggest challenge salespeople face when selling during tough times, uh, maintaining their
0: current activity level. I, I would say that's the biggest challenge is, is just finding ways to keep that pipeline full, keeping your activity level high. That's where sellers tend to struggle the most.
1: And what mistake do a lot of salespeople make? What's the most common thing, most common way people you see people going going wrong when they're selling through tough times?
0: Um, a couple things come to mind, but one of them is believing everything that they hear from the media, from their customers, from other salespeople. You you know you get to choose whether you want to participate in a recession or not. And when you're constantly bombarded with with media telling you that. The slowdown is inevitable when you constantly hear your colleagues complaining and moaning about oh things are so bad right now when the customer is constantly telling you hey we may go out of business all of that influences your mindset um don't believe everything you hear don't accept everything you hear either that's one of the biggest pieces the other one sales people cut their price during tough times versus selling value which that's I mean the, my other book value at selling that's the whole mindset is how do you compete more on value than price? well, during tough times, sellers tend to cut their price, which is a mistake
1: yeah, well, a lot of times the value you're delivering hasn't changed, and your cost profile hasn't changed, so you're you're really uh, you're you're beating up your margins hard sometimes if you depending on what you know how, how your product's structured um, and and a lot of times, that's that's actually something I'd recommend sales managers consider during tough times is if you want to make a change, think about sh- shifting from comping on top line to comping on, on uh, profit for, for, in terms of the sales team's sale, uh, comp structure, because, you know, it's, it's, if they give an give a 15% discount and you have 30% margins, that's uh, that's, that's half of what the company was going to make. Right. So it's, it, if you shift to, if you shift to a profit based uh, comp structure, people tend to hold their head high better on on price for sure. Well, are there any key skills like if if you were gonna recommend like, hey, it looks like we're going into tough times right now here here is something that reps should should be is you know not an impossible skill to acquire, but something they 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 could learn right now that will 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 help them over the next six months? Sure. Um, I, I'd say the biggest
0: is to stretch the customer's time horizon into the future. Um, so if I'm meeting with a customer I and we're in a recession or they're feeling the slowdown, I want that customer thinking into the future versus in the present because the present is filled with uncertainty. The future is always brighter. So I'm gonna stretch their time horizon out to the future. I'm gonna say, okay, Mr. Customer, uh, let's say we're two years out from this day, right? So two years from today, um, what would cause you to say, you know what, I'm really glad I decided to invest in that software, in that program uh, during that tough time. What would cause you to say that? What outcomes would you need to experience? So now they're thinking about outcomes, right? Or we can get them passed in another way and say, okay, yeah, it was recently announced we're in a recession. Let's let's think about this, all right? Let's go back to the Great Recession in 2008, 2009. Your company has grown immensely since then. What are some of the strategic moves you made during that recession to better position you to come out stronger? And now you're turning it into a conversation of what, what action they did take in a previous downturn. And then you can draw that to the present and say, okay, well, knowing what you know now about managing a business during a recession, um, What are some things we can do now to give you a competitive advantage moving forward? And you could turn that into a conversation about making an investment in your business, investing in solutions that can help you do more with less. It really opens their mind up. And in a subtle way, it also lets them know, hey, you went through a tough time before, and you came out stronger. It's likely going to happen again. So I know that was probably longer than this typical 60 second answer, but you know, there, right. there's a lot of red meat there for you. <laughs> yeah. If,
1: if you hit 120 seconds, nobody dies. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so you mentioned in your book, uh, a, a movie that you think salespeople can can learn from. Why, talk about that movie and and, and why, what, what do you think people should be taking away from it?
0: Oh yeah, this, um, so I, I do reference a couple movies. But I'm I'm pretty sure you're talking about Shawshank Redemption at at the end of the book, uh, so chapter 17, the final chapter, which is which was my favorite to write, by the way. Um, I thought about the movie Shawshank Redemption, and the reason why it's such a great great movie to watch if you're going through tough times. Um, number one, it's it's really a hope filled message. The entire movie, regardless of all the Uh, adversity that Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins faces during the movie. He remains hopeful. All right. Even and you think about his story, and I hope this is not a spoiler alert. I hope everyone's seen the movie, but he is wrongfully imprisoned for something he didn't do, yet he remains hopeful. And not only that, but he helps his friend Red hold on to hope as well. And they eventually embrace on that beach in Cehuataneo, I think is the name of the town in Mexico. And they embrace, and the last words of the movie are, I hope, and that's from Red. He, the man who was devoid of hope, it, it just completely given up, he, he was able to find hope. And that, that message is powerful because as you go through tough times, um, you got to remain hopeful. And hope is the most important when it's the hardest to find. That's when it matters the most is when it's the hardest to find. Um, so I, I just hope for salespeople that they they see that message and that they realize that as they go through these tough times, that they're only temporary. Uh, they're not going to last. You're going to make it through it. And you're going to be better on the other side of it as
1: well. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and... And it's not, it's not 1942 in Poland. So, you know, we're not, these bad times aren't that bad yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, we got, we got some nasty things going on in the world, but uh, you know, hopefully that, we've, we've evolved past those times. And that's the, the thing too,
0: you know, that's the relative nature of tough times. You know, you, you think about, think about someone who is transported from the past into today's moment, who, who just got done with world war one, came home, all of a sudden they're now in the great, Depression, and once they make it through the Great Depression, we got another world war with devastation, do you think they would really even waste any effort complaining or thinking about the tough times we face A Probably not, right, Because there is a relative nature there, but yeah, no it's it's all relative.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Just uh, this weekend, I was I was doing a little binging of that new show, The Sandman. Well, it's new now. By the time this airs, it won't be new. But one of the my favorite part of it was they they in this one episode, they they took this one guy who uh, the Sandman was meeting every hundred years, starting in like 1389, back when they were like you know. There was like a you know the 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 great plagues going on and the Black Death was then and so like it took kind of of took him through his perspective on on what the world was every hundred years snapshot for you know from from then until now and it, it. we're definitely doing better now than we were in 1389. Let's put it that way. Yeah,
0: for sure. I'll have to check that out.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was a cool part. I, I, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can recommend the whole season, but I, I, uh, it, it's, but I definitely recommend that one, that one part. Yeah, for sure. Pretty, pretty cool. Um, well, what, what's the greatest sales lesson that you've learned over the years? You, you know, that, uh, man,
0: if I could, summarize it into one one lesson you know i if, I only, think more
1: than, if only if it was this simple right yeah <laughs> no exactly
0: yeah so all things being equal right that that sounds like an economist getting ready to share some insight but i would say uh, exhaustedly uncovering your customer's definition of value is key and then try to align your solution as perfectly as you can over their definition of value Um, Doing that one thing is, I I think, at the core of what it means to be a professional seller, is finding out what your customer needs, what's their wants, what are they trying to achieve, and then just overlapping their needs and wants and concerns with your solution as the way to help them achieve that. Um, It really all rests on that. I I think the rest of it leads to that point. Um, All the techniques, all the tactics that we go through, that I talk about in my book, that other, um, you know, thought leaders that you've had on the show talk about in their books, it it really gets to that point. Um, so that that's the lesson I would I would
1: leave with. And as a as an actionable takeaway, what should the field salespeople listening to today do as a first step towards uh, selling through these tough times successfully? First thing I would do is. Um, I would say
0: focus on selection initially um as you face tough times you're going to have more time on your hands and time is a valuable resource for salespeople. that's the currency we use to invest so make sure that you're focusing your time your attention your effort on the most viable sales opportunities um, so take a look at your current pipeline of opportunities make sure that they're viable make sure that they're a good fit for your company and also develop another profile for all the business that is not a good fit. Look at your look at your customer base and say okay, who are my worst customers? The ones that I just wish would leave, that I don't even want to work with anymore. Think about what all those customers have in common, all right? And then create a profile based on those commonalities. It will help you identify what you're trying to avoid. And the other way, take a look at your best customers and ask yourself, okay, what do these customers have in common? Develop some criteria there. And now you got your profile of, of good business that you want to focus on. Um, if you can do those two things right, focus on on the ideal targets and then ignore the ones you need to avoid, um, you're you're starting off on the right foot. Um uh, so I would I would encourage sellers to do that.
1: Great advice. Well, I'm going to attempt to summarize uh, what you've taught us here today because um, so many people are on the road when they listen to these. Uh, so tough times come in many shapes and forms and selling has never been easy. So salespeople need to deal with many different types of tough times. You can look for tough time signals by looking at things like GDP, which is a good economic indicator. You can look at the PMI, the purchasing managers index, uh, great place for field salespeople to look because um, it's kind of a, an index that is based on show, shows how how in, in how, how much of, how much of a mood of to buy our people right and any number of over fifty is generally good and you want to get news from main street. you want to talk with your customers, local delivery people you know get your get your finger on the pulse of what's important to your business and find out what's what those people are experiencing because that may be a better indicator for you than than GDP. During a tough time, we often experience uncertainty, if not always, right? And, and it's easy to take a and wait-and-see approach uh, as a seller. And, th- and that, mean, that, can, that can mean for a salesperson making fewer calls, scheduling fewer customer meetings. Mm-hmm. And instead, salespeople should make more calls uh, and do, do more work to reassure prospects and customers that, that they're still there even in this tough time. And and so tough times can be positive because they can lead to new opportunities. Um, it's really important to bring your, your customers value during tough times and, and to help them limit risk and uncertainty. You, you can focus on longevity, you can focus on being a proven safe solution, and, and you can work to be more flexible with with your customers during tough times. You can build your mindset for tough times by first developing a positive response to adversity. You can keep track of your first response to tough times and and you can self-correct to to be more positive. You can practice gratitude and you can express gratitude as a salesperson or as a sales manager. manager. Um, You can try the daily mental flex exercise at toughtimer.com. You can use positive reframing to look at adverse moments and to see the good in them. During tough times, it's important to have role models, so you can you can look at who are you know the people who who, who are tough timers who can be successful in tough times, and these these types of people are resilient, they're opportunists, they're adventurous, they're steadfast, and they're humble. This has been a. Uh, a great conversation where where can our listeners read more about your work and I know you 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 speak to a ton of organizations where where can where can people reach out to you and 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 get more of Paul
0: yeah oh no thanks for for
1: asking i would i would
0: go to toughtimer.com, t o u g h timer.com and On the website for this book, we have um, just a wealth of information, including a complimentary chapter of selling through tough times so that's available under the book section, you can just simply put in your email address. And you'll get a chapter on crafting your customer message so in this chapter chapter 14 of the book. I spell out exactly what your customer message should look like. You've got to answer three questions in your message, and that message, when delivered in a compelling way, is going to lead to results. So your step-by-step guide on how to craft that message, it's available for download. Just go to toughtimer.com, go to the book section at the top of the website page. There you can enter your email, and you'll get that Chapter complimentary. Um, also, I'd love to connect on LinkedIn. I'm by far the most active on LinkedIn, so uh, you can follow me there, and I'll share sales related content on a daily basis usually.
1: Awesome. Well, that that's perfect. Uh, and this has been a fantastic episode of Outside Sales Talk. Anyone that works in field sales, you'll love Badger Maps. It's the number one route planner. Helps you sell twenty percent more, drive twenty percent less. You can get a free trial at badgermapping.com today. If, if you can think of any other sales reps that would benefit from learning the skills that, that Paul's taught us today, definitely share the love and forward this episode on to them. Uh, Paul, thanks a lot for coming. This has been absolutely fantastic. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Take care, guys.